So um, anyway, I want to welcome you again, and I want to talk to you about peace this morning. It seems like a lot of times when we minister, <clears throat> I mean, when I'm ministering, it's a lot about peace, having the peace of God. And I'm not sure whether it's basically for me or whether it's for everybody else. <clears throat> but you're here, so we're going to let you enjoy the, the message as, as I talk, and hopefully um, you, you'll get ministered by it too. A pastor said, God never said, die not, sorrow not, or suffer not, but he said, fear not. Yes. And if you're not careful in today's world, you're going to get consumed by fear. I was listening, if you listen to anything on um, it's American Family Radio, I was listening to Jan Markell. Sometimes I can't listen to her because it is so scary. But um, she's got a lot of good things on the end times. And she says, you know, God's just tearing everything down to put it back together in the right way. And we have to have the right perspective on the end times. We have to have the right perspective on what's going on. And um, it's really important not to get in fear and panic over what's going on. We have to have peace. Even if things were going well, we have to have peace. Amen? It says in John 14:33, it says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's overcome the world. He said, be of good cheer. He has overcome. And true peace is one of the most important assets that a Christian can have. Amen? Because we're not going to run around in a dither. You know, if somebody says something to, to, make a, to hurt our feelings, we're not going to get instantly offended and go nuts on them. True peace. Peace is a precious asset. Yes. Some people like drama and strife. If you're on Facebook, you could know that for sure. It, you know, it's just like drama everywhere. And, it, you know, people just need drama. Some of them just need drama in their lives. But they don't know how to have peace in their inner spirit. Some people are addicted to drama and problems. And they shouldn't be so for the Christian. Amen. Amen? Amen. You're going to have to talk. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're going to have to talk loud because there's not so many of you. But um, some people just, some Christians like drama. Some of, some of you may not be able to wait to go out the door to say that the pastor was sick today. And I wonder why he's not here. And what's the problem? Well, I'm telling you, number one, he doesn't have COVID. Okay. So if you're concerned about that, I can already lay that to rest. He doesn't have COVID. So you don't have to go out there and, and speculate. Some people, it's, it's an addiction. Mm-hmm. It's an addiction to be stirred up all the time. Well, I wonder, you know, well, what, 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 what? I wonder why, what, why, why? Let peace rule you. Yes. Amen. Amen? Stop trying to figure it out. You can't figure it out. It's above our pay grade. To be figuring things out that only God can figure out. What happens when you start figuring it out? You get all knotted and twisted, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say that, and then, you know, God says, no, just rest. Just be at rest. Amen? Christians have to have 
You have to stay away from strife. Mm-hmm. And I've said this numerous times. I'm not going to say anything about you that I won't say to you. You can rest assured I'm not going to say anything behind your back. Amen? And that's the type of people we have to be. We, we can't be the, the type that say things behind other people's back and then say we love them. Honestly, if you have a problem, then come see us. Or go, go to that person. Amen. I think I'm preaching better than what you guys are amen in, but that's okay. I'm all right with that. Amen? I'm all right with that. Learn to stay away from strife. Yes. It will make your day so much better. Amen. Amen. If it doesn't belong to you, walk away. It says in Proverbs 26, 17, He that passes by and meddles with strife belonging not to him is like one that takes a dog by the ears. And I thought about Cody and Maddie, and if we picked them up by the ears, she's got a German Shepherd and a chocolate chocolate lab. What would happen? Well, Matt, Cody might like it. I don't know. He might like the ride. But I think about my cat if I tried to pick them up by the ears. You know, and, and that's what we do when we meddle with things and get involved in things. It is none of our business. Right. But we get into strife. We lose our peace. And it's not even our problem. Amen? Amen. It says in Titus 3, it says 1 through 7, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Yes. Don't speak evil of people. You're going to lose your peace if you start evil speaking over people. It says, for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs to the hope of eternal life. So we can see if we do not avoid strife, we will not have peace. That was the old nature. The old nature wants to criticize. The old nature wants to point fingers. And it's funny about the old nature. You ever think about people pointing fingers and stuff, a lot of times, they'll never be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Amen? How many of you found yeah. that to be true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ones that are causing the strife and the trouble, they don't want to be part of the solution. They want to be the problem. Good I've always told the Lord, I want to be the solution. I don't ever, God, if I'm going to be a problem, then just remove me. Amen? But people who are problems and they finger point, you know, that this isn't going right. But they won't offer a, a hand to help sometimes. Well, I'm meddling in you guys. I'm just going to move right along. Is that good? Okay, well then you better amen me then. Yes, sister. James said this in James 3, 13 through 18. 
Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. For if you have bitter envying and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Okay, so those are the kind, that's the wisdom. You know, bitter strife, envy, criticism. That's not coming from God. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So we can be in one kingdom and have strife in our hearts and criticism, or we can have peace in our heart. Amen? Amen. The righteousness of God is peaceful. Amen? Amen? Jesus promised to give us peace. He says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Yes. So see, if it's trouble, you can also be afraid. Mm-hmm. Amen? They kind of like are twins of the same, the same tree. There's so much turmoil. I mean, it, you can't read the news without hearing about another shooting. I, I was reading this morning in the Post about... Another shooting, I think it was in Philadelphia, like three people died and ten people were wounded. Every day it seems like there's more and more bad news. Well, the good news is here. Yes. In the Bible. But we can have peace in the midst of our situation. You can have peace. You can be going through a horrible situation and yet have peace. Why? Because God's promised to us. He says we can have peace. But we don't have to be apathetic. I mean, some people are in total denial. Okay, and they say, well, I have peace about it, but yet they're not sleeping. They're, they've got all these kinds of stuff turning up. Well, then you're not in peace. You're in denial. So that's how you know if you're in real peace is if you can sleep well at night. The, the, whatever's bothering you isn't dogging you at night. That's when things, that's when the rubber meets the road. Amen? Yes. Is when we're by ourselves, not at church, not with our friends, not with our family. But when we're by ourselves and we put our heads on the pillow. Mm-hmm. And if you're not in peace, that's when you'll you'll know you're not in peace. Yes. Amen? Amen? Because you'll go, and then all of a sudden that thing will crop up. And you'll start thinking about it over and over again. Put it to rest. If that happens to you, because there's a harassment. You know the enemy doesn't want you to get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. He wants you to stay all knotted up about things and all this and that you got to turn it off. Amen. If that happens, you got to say, Lord, just take authority right now over these things. Because greater is he that is in me than yes. he that is in the world. Amen. 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 And then put your head down and get a good night's rest. Thank he you. says, why worry about tomorrow? Why are we worried about tomorrow? Today has enough worries of its own. Doesn't it have enough worries of its own today? Yes, Yes, it does. So we don't have to worry about tomorrow. God's already there. He's already on it. Nothing that's happened the last two years in this country has caught God by surprise. He's blindsided me in some things. 
I always go back to the summer of love, really blindsided me. I wasn't expecting our country to be torn up like that. But God knows. It says in Psalm 2, he sits in the heavens and he laughs. Why does he laugh? Because he's got the victory. Amen? So we have to sit in the heavens and we have to laugh and say, okay, you know, things that are bad. And I'm not saying, you know, laugh at tragedies. But I'm saying we have to just sit and look at the overall situation in this world and we have to laugh. Why? Because it's men that are trying to control. Yes. It's not God. God's not doing this. God's not ruining everything. We've created in this country a, a, judgment, a judgment by getting God out of everything. Our yes. country is suffering under a judgment. And if you go back and you read in Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel, you'll see that those were written when they were in captivity. And they were in judgment. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They survived. A lot of them were murdered. But they survived and they went on. And their writings are still pertinent to us today. Yes. Amen? So we don't have to be fearing. So peace is not an absence of trouble. Because that would just be too easy, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be easy if we just you become a Christian and nothing happens bad evermore? I would like that. It's not an absence of turmoil, emotion, indifference, or insensitivity to suffering or injustice. We don't have to close ourselves off in our homes to have peace. Amen? We can't close ourselves away. As tempting as it is with COVID and everything else, it's, it's easy to just lock ourselves away. But true peace is having God's assurance that everything is going to be all right. No matter what you're facing, Everything is going to be all right. Everything has got an expiration date. Your trial that you're going through is not forever. Amen? Amen. It's not forever. It's not going to last. Think about what you were doing a year ago. And now it's probably over with. Whatever thing that you thought was bad or going through last year is probably over with. Amen? Amen. Why? Because everything has an expiration date. Everything that causes us turmoil and trouble has got an expiration date. It's not going to last forever. Amen? Amen. And our attitude has to be, it's not going to last forever. Why? Because if it's not your attitude, then you're going to get into self-pity. You're going to get those invitations out to the party. And you're going to start feeling sorry for yourself. You start feeling sorry for yourself, go in the mirror, talk and say, self, it's not going to last forever. Amen? Because yeah. Amen. the devil will try to get you, you know, as we get older, it's like that aching pain. Oh, that's going to last forever. Oh, that's going to last forever. That's not going to last forever. Listen, you may have it until you die, but that's not going to last forever. Amen. Eternity is what forever. Yes. Amen? Amen? Our our ticket to eternity has already been purchased. So we can have the peace of God no matter what we go through. Amen? Amen. Amen. Look at this. Total trust in God is total peace. I don't know if any of us are there, okay? i got to confess I'm not. Some trust in God, some peace. But no trust in God, no peace. In Isaiah 48, 22, God says there's no peace, says the Lord unto the wicked. 
don't have peace. Even if they seem to have everything else. I looked at these, the, the, the World Economic Forum, I looked at some of those things from Davos and man, those look like some of the sketchiest characters trying to ruin our, our world. And I said, these people don't have any peace. They have no peace. Why? Because God says it right here, there's no peace unto the wicked. How do they put their head down at night? Christian, put your head down, be in peace, because Jesus purchased it for you. Whatever's causing you stress, bring it to the altar and leave it there. Amen? Amen. The wicked have no faith, and they cannot produce real peace. Why do you think there's judgment in this country? To shake the wicked. To shake. To shake them. So that they can really see the, the condition of their soul. And then our job is to be there to point them to a better way. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Our job is to model peace and attract people to Christ through our lives. Amen? Amen. If, you, if you're a Christian and you're a sourpuss and you're always... Well, you're not going to give anybody any encouragement with that, are you? So, no, we got to do something about this thing. No, you're not going to give anybody any encouragement. You're going to have a sour face. No matter how hard you try to hide it, you're still going to have a sour face. In John chapter 16, Jesus gave the disciples two keys to victory. Now, I know I already read one of these scriptures but we're going to read it, just these two. Behold, the hour cometh, yea, and is now come, that you shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken unto you, that you might have peace. In this world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So he's already told us a lot of things in that little tiny scripture. Number one, Jesus said, I'm not alone. The Father's with me. And it's like, well, where's the Father? I don't see him. But he's with us always, isn't he? Amen. Sometimes we act like we don't know who God is in our in our dither. And, you know, we got to fix this. And, oh, what are we going to do? And the gas prices went up. And the food is up. And we're going to, what, 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 what are we going to do? We forget that the Father is with us. Yes. And when Jesus said that, you couldn't see the Father, could you? But he said, if you've seen the, me, you've seen who? The Father. The Father. Yes. He said, my Father is with me always. Amen. And the other thing he said that I thought was interesting, even though we'll experience turmoil, we'll have peace because he overcame it. Yes. You're going to have turmoil in your life. But then remind yourself in the midst of the turmoil, that he overcame it. Amen. So we don't have to try to figure it out, do we? Amen. I mean, how? You think about our resources, and we, we must look like kindergartners sometimes to God, because we're trying to figure things out, and we've got our crayons out. And we've got our... Oh, that was funny. We've got our crayons out. We've got our coloring book out. And we're trying to figure out the problems. And God's saying, if you just listen to me, mm-hmm. I can help you. Yes. But we get those crayons out, and we get a color, and no, I'm going to figure it out, God. Uh-huh. Well, okay, but it's not going to come out yeah. the same way. That's 
But why? Because the Father is with me. The presence of God is always with me. That's what Jesus said. And he said he overcame the world. So whatever problem you're facing today, God the Father is with you. Amen? And he's overcome it. And he's going to give you the solution to something that looks impossible. Why? Because he's God and he's, you're his children. He loves you, each and every one. He's, he's not the one that leaves you in the lurch. He's not the one that's doing anything bad to hurt you. But we live in a sin-soaked world. It says the rain falls on the just and it falls on the unjust. Amen. Amen. You ever notice that when there's like a hailstorm? It's not like circling around, you know, looking for wicked people. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Well, why? And then it's up to the just to model good behavior when the unjust things happen to the just. Amen. Amen? I mean, look at these J6 prisoners. If you want to talk about injustice, they've been in there for over a year, they've been in rain falls on the just and the unjust. Yes. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. He has overcome the world. Yes. Amen. Yes. And he's overcome it for you. The world defines peace as a state where there's no fighting, no war. A state of tranquility or quiet. Freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. Harmony in relationships. The world sees peace as no opposition. We can be at peace with our neighbors, the world says, if you just keep your mouth shut and march forward. Okay? That's what the world says. Jesus said, I've come to bring a sword. I haven't come to bring peace. He doesn't want us to keep our mouth shut and just move forward. Amen? This is God's definition of peace. A biblical definition of peace is having our decisions and actions in harmony and obedience with the known will of God. Amen. It's the known will of God. If our actions and our words are in obedience to the known will of God, then we're going to have peace. Amen? True peace is having true trust in God. We have to know and obey what God says about situations in order to enjoy the peace that God offers to us. So we have to know the will of God. It's not just something that comes upon us. We have to study the word. We have to be in fellowship with God. Amen? We have to pray. You ever have a hard situation? Brother John and I are talking about it this morning. You you know, you start on one scripture and God just opens it up and then the next thing you're on this this fantastic journey through the Bible. Mm -hmm. Amen. And God speaks to you. The Bible is the living word. It's not just a book. Amen? Amen. It's a living word. 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 John 14, John 17, 14 through 20. I have given them thy word, and the world hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Remember, they wanted Jesus to be king, king in Jerusalem. So they missed, they, they, they missed the reason why Jesus came. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from evil. So see, he doesn't want to keep us out of the world, so we don't have to go, you know, live in Montana and build a bunker and wait till the Lord returns. He says, I'm not keeping them out of the world, but I'm going to keep them in the world, and while they're in the world, I'm going to keep them, protect them, so we can have peace about that. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. 
Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is true. As thou hast seen me in, into the world, even also I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I these for those alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their, through their word, through the disciples' word. And their disciples' word was talking about Jesus. So it says right up front in that verse, I have given them thy word, and the world hated them. Don't look for the world to love you. Amen. That ship is sailed. Okay. The world is not going to love you. No. We're in a great area where there's a lot of Christians. I wish you could go live up in New England for you'd probably want to go for like an hour, but it's you know, they're lovely people. We have people in our church that were lovely people. But overall, the atmosphere is so different. If you've ever been into any place that's not predominantly Christian, you see the difference in the people and everything. It's just so, it's so different. So when we read our Bible, pray, and spend time with God, we are purifying ourselves from the world and getting closer to God. Commentary Matthew Henry said this, If truth be once deserted, unity and peace Okay, so if you deserve the truth, unity and peace will not last long. In other words, there will be strife. Why? Because the absence of peace, there's strife and contention. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, it says, Now the Lord of peace himself give you peace always by all means. The Lord be with you all. He's the Lord of peace. Yes, he is. He's allowed us to be functioning with peace in our heart. It's a sanctifying peace. It doesn't refer to an absence of problems. I wish it were. How many of you would like to have no problems? <laughs> Except, isn't there a song that says, if I didn't have any problems, then um, what was how the rest of that go? If I didn't have any problems, then um, I wouldn't know God's word was truth or something like that. But it's not the absence of problems or troubles, but rather the availability of unending peace. We have the peace if we choose. We can get in a dither, we can get into strife, or we can get into peace. Amen? I'd rather get in peace. And then Psalm 2 is, is my song, because I'm going to sit up in the heavens with God and laugh. Amen? I have a Snoopy shirt, and it's Snoopy and Woodstock are laughing. And I have to put that on sometimes, and I said, there, there's Snoopy and Woodstock laughing at the devil because he didn't get me this time, and now I can fit into my shirt. <laughs> the more we set our, ourselves apart from this world and set ourselves in agreement with God, the greater our peace will be. And what's the difference? It's our attitude. Yes. It's always about our attitude. Amen? We can have an attitude of peace. Or we can have an attitude of drama and strife. Sometimes on my Facebook page, I just want to write drama, drama, drama. <laughs> it says in Romans 16:20, And the peace of God shall lose Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God will fight our battles. Yes. He'll fight your battles. Amen. Let's look at the character of the God of peace. He's the God of tranquility. 
God's not knocked off his throne when he's looking at what's going on in your life. He's not like calling over Gabriel and going, whoo, that one caught me by surprise. He's the God of tranquility. He's always in peace. He's always in peace. Amen? He's free of impulsiveness and agitation. He sees the bigger picture in our lives, and yet he's concerned with every detail of our life. So God's looking at the bigger picture, but he's still concerned with the details. God is the definition of righteousness and confidence. He gives us, he says, we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. We can have peace. He is the God of wholeness. He lacks nothing. God said to Job, he said, if I was hungry, you know, would you feed me? What would you do? Well, let's get the crayons out and try to figure it out. Mm -hmm. See, God's got everything under control. The earth now, it's going through. I, I heard a ministry yesterday that says, this isn't the real birth pains, but it's the Braxton Hicks. So it's the beginning of the beginning. This is time for us now to get all of our ducks in order. Amen. This is the time now that when we're fearful, we need to remember that the God of peace is on our side. Amen. Because Amen? we haven't run out of gas yet. We haven't run out of food yet. Nobody's knocking at your door, I hope, yet. But it's all coming. So we have to let the peace of God rule our lives now while it's still relatively easy. Amen? Boy, you make it sound really easy, Sister Pat. But not only will God help us to do something, he will do it for us, and he has done it for us. We just have to remember it's our attitude that makes a difference. Amen? We're going to have a good attitude or we're going to have a bad attitude. He is the peace in our storm. He said you, you won't have peace if you let fear dominate your decision-making. Don't get pushed into something because you're fearful. You ever go look for a car? I think we can all say that we've looked for cars. And that pushy salesman, you know, you've got to act now. Or you get that call on the phone. If you don't act within 10 minutes, you know, click. Let doubt make you, don't let doubt make you double-minded or let unbelief rule your thoughts. Amen? Don't let strife rule your thoughts. You're not going to be in peace. If you're full of hatred, you're full of strife. You're not going to have peace. Why? Because we'll go back to Isaiah. It says there's no peace for wicked people. You can call yourself a Christian, but if you're in strife and you're critical and you have all these things going on, I don't know, I would doubt your salvation. Maybe you need to recommit your life to the Lord. But he is our peace. Don't pretend things are just fine when things are in chaos. When chaos okay? It, that's hazardous if you're in denial and you don't do anything because the God of peace will help you to get that chaos straightened out. Some people, though, they're embarrassed. If they're, they're in chaos, they don't want to tell anybody. A lot of that has to do with a lot of Christians aren't trustworthy and they'll just gossip, so we can't tell certain people certain things. But he says, let your peace rule. Don't be in chaos. Don't be in denial if there's a problem. Take it to God. Amen. Amen? Take it to God and he'll give you the steps to getting your life in order wherever it is. 
God's merciful. He says in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober, be diligent, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. That's where your strife comes in. Because you have a devil that's, you know, just trying to get you riled up, trying to get you in strife, trying to get you in confusion, trying to get you what you think about something. Why? It's the lion that's walking about, seeking whom he may devour. What's he going to devour? He's going to devour your salvation eventually if you get caught up into strife, you get caught up into gossip, you get caught up into... (coughs) And I'm talking about you can even do that toward yourself. You know you can criticize yourself and that'll cause turmoil. You know, well, I, I wished I hadn't said that. I wished, you know, why did I have to do that 20 years ago? Why did, you know what, you're so stupid. Why'd you just do that? See, you get into criticizing. All right, I can't move from this one tiny spot. And I don't know why, but I'm all right. I'm not a mover. My husband usually walks back and forth, but I'll, I'll just stay here. It's all right, Paula. I'll just stay. Oh, I lost my train. Okay, criticizing yourself. Why are you criticizing yourself? But see, some of us do that to the point where we get into strife with ourselves. You know, it's like, oh, you're so stupid. Why did you do that? You shouldn't have done that. Wish you could go back. Can't go back. God, God is just so, God's mad at you because you did that. That's why for the Christian it's repentance. It's repentance. Number one, quit beating yourself up because you're going to start criticizing yourself. And that that criticism goes on and it's going to emanate out. Do you realize that nothing that you have inside of your spirit is hidden? Like if you don't like somebody, it's kind of evident. You can tell. You might think you hide it. You can't hide it comes right out. It comes right out in your tone of voice. It comes right out in your actions. It comes right out in what you say about that person. So if you're going around calling yourself stupid, what's that say about you? You are the righteousness of Christ. Stop with your self-talk, criticizing, being in strife against what who you are. And just say, God, you know, yeah, we all make mistakes, amen? I mean, I could sit here and pick apart my life and say, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't done that. Shouldn't have done that. So what's happening? I'm losing my peace. Why is there no peace to the wicked? Because it's not under the blood. Get a revelation that all the mistakes that you have made is under the blood of Christ. Stop beating yourself up over things that you've done in the past that don't even, right now, they don't even matter. But it says the devil walks around as a roaring lion. What criticizing you in your little brain thing, in your self-talk, when that's already under the blood. If you're forgiven, it's under the blood. Amen? Amen. So any of that self-talk that's criticizing, that's in strife, that's in stress, you know, not only with other people, but with you, it's under the blood. Have the peace of God. Stop second-guessing yourself. 
You know, you learn that, right? Brother John is a preacher. You can't, I don't walk out of here and try to pick apart what I've done. What's done is done. Amen? Now, if I've made a glaring error, then I'll correct it. But I'm not going to pick apart my delivery. I didn't say it right. I didn't. No, that's somebody else's job. If they want to be petty and critical, let them do it. I'm not doing that. I have peace. I walk out of here, I'm peaceful. That's good. Amen? Amen. Have the peace of God. Why? Because you got to know who you are in Christ. Uh-huh. And when you get that self-talk telling you that, oh, you shouldn't have done, why'd you do that? Well, I'm human. But I'm a forgiven human. Amen? Amen. I'm not worried about if anybody finds out what I said. Why? Because I watch what I say. Amen? Hopefully you watch what you say. Because eventually it does come back to bite you. Yes. Amen. All right, that was kind of a tangent. It was good. True peace helps you to know the will of God. True peace will help you because you're not going to be in a divot. You get your mind sometimes just won't stop. Yes. Just won't stop. It says, let peace, soul harmony, Colossians 3.15, which comes from Christ's rule, act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind. Let the peace of God rule. When you start getting out of peace, Put your hand up to your forehead and say, I'm letting the peace of God rule me. And anything that's not peaceful has to leave now in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Have peace. Sometimes we feel, sometimes in the covenant, we feel that maybe we're not deserving of it. You know, that we're so stupid. You know, we don't deserve it. If you're a child of God, you deserve it. You deserve to have peace. Amen? You deserve to have God be at your side all the time. You deserve it. Why? Because Jesus paid the price for it. Amen. Let God's peace direct you when you have a major decision. If you don't feel true peace about it, just wait. Don't let that pushy salesman, you know, got to act now, do it now. Why are they so pushy? Well, it's probably the end of the month. And they probably haven't made their commissions yet. Amen? Just saying. You know, why are some people so pushy? you got to do it now. you got to do it now. you got to do it now. No, let the peace of God rule you. If you don't have peace about it, say, wait. I've just got to wait. I don't have any peace about it. God wants you to make, the devil wants you to hurry up, make your decision now. Do it now. Go do it now. That's why so many people are in credit card debt. Do it now. Mm-hmm. got to do it now. Learn to step back and wait until you have a peace. If you miss on the deal of the century, don't worry about it. There will always be another car, another house, another opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so you won't have to kick yourself and say, I wish I had. No, I waited for God's peace. Amen? If you feel uneasy just because you're afraid to make a change and you're unsettled, just wait. Sometimes we get uneasy because changes like we were planning the VBS and I don't know anybody who does VBS on Sunday morning. I'm sure there are some. I'm sure there's some in our situation. I feel uneasy about it because we haven't done it. But I waited and I prayed. 
been praying for a while. I've been looking at the curriculum and saying, oh, I would love to do this. I'd love to do this for our kids. So I felt a little uneasy at first, and now I've got peace because I waited. Sometimes if you're uneasy about making a car purchase, just wait till you don't feel uneasy. Mm -hmm. There's no rush. You know, the only time there's some somewhat of a rush is like if you're walking off a cliff and you've got one more step to go and you might want to, you know, consider consider waiting. But I guess if you're going to be in peace, you're just going to wait, right? Mm -hmm. About whatever decision you're going to make. Symptoms of false peace. I've already covered some of them. Sleepless nights, trying to make something happen. happen. Anger, worry, anxiety, stress, strife, trouble. So I mean, the, the symptoms are pretty common to man, right? Mm -hmm. If you're experiencing these symptoms, the remedy is just to stop what you're doing and say, okay, I've got a lot of problems with this situation. I'm losing sleep. I'm trying to make it happen. I'm angry. I'm worried. I'm concerned. The Christian word for worry, right? Concern. So I'm just going to stop right now. Examine what you're doing. Repent and get back on the right path. If you're on the wrong road, don't just keep going because you're too prideful to stop. I mean, is, is that smart? There, there's that cliff that I'm always talking about. You're going on the wrong road, you're headed toward the bridges out, but you're too prideful to repent because you picked this direction and you don't want to repent and go a different direction. So don't be too full of pride. Listen, if you make a mistake, there's no there's no big deal in saying I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Amen? Yeah. You know God restores when we make mistakes. Learn to hear the voice of God and follow it. His peace will guide you and give you good direction. James 1.5, if anybody lacks wisdom, ask. God's peace is putting total and complete trust in him, no matter what the circumstances are. We do not have the promise of a better material life on this earth, which I used to hear for years and years. You know, the world is going to wax worse and worse, but for the Christian, it's going to get better and better. I don't really see evidence of that in the Word, that it's going to get better and better in the end times. I really don't see that. I think it's going to get pretty bad for the Christian as we take our stand for Christ. But our, our God will see us, and we have to look in the, in the lives of other Christians in other countries to know that it's not better and better for them than the ones that are persecuted. And persecution is coming here. What we will have is God's promise of protection and provision while we go through storms. We have God's protection and we have his provision. And the storm is coming. Our life here is to be one of loving God and service to others. Yes, we're going to be blessed. Yes, our needs are going to be met. But we have to understand God's direction for us may not lead, into, lead us into desirable or physically comfortable circumstances. Sometimes we may be asked to sacrifice our comfort, our convenience, and our rights so that we can serve others and accomplish what God needs for us to do here. Sometimes we need to be uncomfortable to reach someone for the gospel. Okay? And we have to see here in Acts 16, 
Paul and Silas were jailed for casting a devil out of a slave girl. The two men had such a great peace in jail because why? They trusted God. They were singing hymns. Even though they were beaten and chained, they began to worship God in the midst of their physical pain. God's larger plan was to send an earthquake to free them and to be witnesses to the other prisons and the prison guards. But it wasn't comfortable. And see, in these end times, we're going to be in situations that may not be comfortable. And that's when we have to have God's peace and stop trying to figure things out on our own. You know, God, why am I in this prison? You know, I served you all of my life, and now I'm in prison. And he's just saying, just hold on. Just wait a minute. Because you're gonna, your testimony is going to bring more into the kingdom. Amen? Because that night that they had the earthquake, the Philippian jailer and his family were saved. And probably some of the other prisoners as well. Because they didn't go anywhere. They just stayed there. Nobody ran off. What would have been the final destination for those souls if Paul and Silas had sat there and whined in prison? Yeah. We'll never know. But what we do know is that their stories are already written. Their eternal destination is already decided. See, God isn't looking at our situation here now as the final. God's looking at what, who are we going to bring with us for eternity. Eternity is forever. Eternity isn't just like, you know, you're going to endure it for a week and then it's gone. So when we say, God, use me, we're asking God to maybe put us into something uncomfortable. But we'll have the peace of God knowing that we're in the will of God. Amen? It wasn't comfortable for Paul and Silas. But afterwards, the, the jailer took him home and bandaged him and took care of them. And a revival broke out in Philippi fruit and their eternity is already written through all of your turmoil you can be assured God will keep you in peace if you just follow him and follow his direction amen keep your sight on eternity every day keep your sight on eternity nobody's got promise of tomorrow amen who in here has a promise for tomorrow I don't see anybody Keep your sight on eternity all the time. Lord, what can I do today for eternity? Because that's all that really matters. The things that you cannot see are eternal and far more valuable than the things you can see. So that's why the, the devil wants to keep you in strife and in criticism and keeping you in a dither about things because he wants to block your sight from eternity. And then get all upset and go, God, you know, where where were you, God, when this happened? And then, well, keep the peace of God. Just say, God, I know all things work together for good. I know all things aren't good, but I know that all things do work together for good. Amen? Somebody said, oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Adam why he ate that apple. And I'm going to give him a what for it. I don't think so. Therefore, Romans 5.1, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? 2 Corinthians 4.17 and 18. For our light affliction, which is for but a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, 
but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Get that scripture in your spirit. Everything that's happening to you, the devil walks around like a roaring lion. He's trying to get you to lose your peace. He's trying to get you into strife. 1 Corinthians 14.33 For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. There's no confusion with God. God's not trying to figure it out. 2 Corinthians 13.11 Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Live in peace. It's not that hard to let go of the criticism and the strife and the trying to figure it out. And why isn't this happening? I mean, we could look around at the church and, and go, well, why didn't it happen? Why didn't the church fall? Well, there's a lot of reasons why. I'm not going to lose my peace over it. Amen. God is bringing in new people. Amen. A lot of our people, we've had two people out with bad ankles for some reason. There's happened to be like a, I don't want to say an ankle devil and give him any credit, but um, we, we had issues with people falling and breaking their ankles. I mean, go figure. Is that a funny thing? We've gone two years without a COVID. And then on Mother's Day, we had four people that week come down with COVID. So you tell me, do I want to lose my peace over what's going on? I'm not going to lose my peace. Not worth it. I might momentarily lose my peace if I hear things, but it's not worth it. Amen? Amen. It shouldn't be worth it to you either. Why? Because he says in Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, You will keep in perfect and constant peace the one whose mind is steadfast, that is, committed and focused on you, both in inclination and character, because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. Trust confidently in the Lord forever. He is your fortress, your shield, your banner. For the Lord is an everlasting rock, the rock of ages. Amen? Keep your mind stayed upon the Lord. You'll be in peace. Amen. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So what he said, be anxious for nothing. When you feel anxious, stop and do what? Pray. Then give thanks. Amen. Even if you don't get the answer right away, say, thank you, Lord, you've heard it. I, my ears are not inclined to hear what you have to say to me yet, but I'm thanking you for the answer. How many has ever prayed like that? I have. I can't quite hear the answer yet, Lord, because i got my ears stopped up. But I'm thanking you because you give me an answer because I always have an answer from you when I pray. Amen? And then it might not be just a little while longer. Somebody will say something. I'll see something. I'll, something will happen, and I'll say, oh, Lord, there's the answer. Thank you. So sometimes it's our part because we get in, you know, such a dither about things. So be anxious for nothing. When you feel anxious, stop and pray. Give thanks to God. And God's peace will soothe your spirit. Yes. But listen to this. Philippians 4, 8-9. We're going to continue on that. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, 
Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen. Don't be critical. If you're thinking in strife and criticism, that's why you're going to says think on it. He's told us what to think on. So if it's not peaceful, why are you thinking it? Well, it must be because you're the wicked one, right? That he's talking about there's no peace with the wicked because the wicked can't help but think in strife. He said, why are you picking on the wicked? Well, I'm not really picking on the wicked. I'm just showing you that what happens when we don't, when we stop thinking about what's pure and what's lovely and what's of a good report, then we are. God calls us wicked people. And you can put a label of Christian on it, but you're still wicked in God's eyes. Amen? Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace will be with you. Have peace. If you do verses 6 and 8, 6 through 8, the presence of God will be with you. But if you do just 6 and 7, the Holy Spirit will soothe you. But if you want to keep yourself, you need to think on these things. So we read in there, be careful for nothing. Remember, when you feel anxious, stop and pray. Then give thanks to God and God's peace will soothe your spirit. But you've got to go one step further and start renewing your mind and start thinking on what's lovely, pure, and just. Amen? And what's a good report? Yes. Otherwise, you're going to continue to have trouble. Matthew Henry says this about the God of peace. We must not eye him as the Lord of hosts, who all power is, but as the God of peace. A God at, at, a God at peace with us, speaking peace to us, working peace in us, and creating peace for us. Amen? Amen? So I'm going to repeat that. A God at peace with us. We have peace through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Speaking peace to us. He says peace. Working peace in us. The, the longer we walk with God, the more peace we have. Because he's working it in us. And creating peace for us. Even in the midst of things, in the midst of trials, you can have peace. Amen? Victory comes from God more as the God of peace than as the God of war. For in all our conflict, peace is a thing we must contend for. Peace in ourselves. Stop beating yourself up and criticizing yourself. Hey, you, you can't unpickle a pickle. I can't unscramble an egg. Amen? Amen? So just let it go. Sometimes it feels funny just letting things go that we've been beating ourselves up for years. Just let it go. You'll find out that the God of peace is going to meet you and he's going to flood you with peace. If you stop criticizing, yes. God, as the God of peace, will restrain and vanquish all those that cause divisions and offenses and so break and disturb the peace of the church and the individual. God, as the God of peace, will restrain and vanquish all those that cause divisions and offenses and so break and disturb the peace of the church. God wants peace in his church. Yes. Amen? Yes. Amen. 
and he wants peace in the individual. Don't be afraid of the future. Stay in peace. God's peace be with you today. Amen. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. Lord, we just thank you. Father, for all that have been beating themselves up over things that they should have done or could have done, Father, we're just thanking you that the God of peace is on the scene. Father, we thank you as we just, we declare peace. We declare peace in our mind. We declare peace in our homes. We declare peace in our relationships. Father, we declare peace in our church in the name of Jesus. Father, we are thanking you. Father, we thank you that you are the contender. Father, for those that trouble us, Father, you are contending with them. Father, we are thanking you. Father, where all those the problems of maybe somebody's had a long-term problem that they just are wrestling with, Father, I thank you that we leave it at the altar this morning. And Father God, that you give us peace. Each and every one has been asking God for direction. Lord, that there would be divine direction this morning. Father, that we would walk out of here stronger. Father, we would walk out more sure of ourselves. And Father, we give the devil a black eye as we walk in 